It's a war zone. That's how many are describing Maui today. As the death toll continues to rise, still many are missing. And with power out and cell phone reception off, it's a challenge to find them. Apocalypse now as a federal emergency is declared. Many on Maui are mourning today. The historic town of Lahaina is all but destroyed. Two million tourists a year would visit the once capital of the Kingdom of Hawaii. This was where many missionaries landed. Sadly, it seems the first church on the island was destroyed. The Weola Church just celebrated 200 years three months ago. Helicopter footage of the historic city shows block after block of buildings and homes destroyed. As casualties rise, it's now the second deadliest wildfire since the California campfire in 2018. Hawaii's governor now saying he estimates billions of dollars in damages. Let's pray the Lord Jesus is honored as his church becomes his hands and feet. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Saving a Life. I have to be honest, this time last week, I was dreading this series. Even though it's been 20 years since our son died of a drug overdose, it's still hard to talk about. But I knew we needed to do it because there are so many people going through challenging times with their children. And if Janet and I could bring you hope by sharing how Jesus saw us through one of the worst times in our lives, then it's worth it. We've received many emails and phone calls from so many saying that they were praying for us this week. I just want to say thank you. Your prayers were answered. To God be the glory. In a moment, I want you to meet a friend of mine who almost lost his son this summer. It's a harrowing story with a joyous conclusion that I thought would be the perfect end to a series this week. But before we get to that, I want to go to Hawaii for an update. As we just mentioned, the fires on the island of Maui have been devastating with loss of life and so many homes. Joining me on the phone is Pastor Jonathan Laurie. He's a pastor with Harvest Christian Fellowship in Southern California, but they have a campus in Lahaina. Jonathan, thanks for joining me here on the program. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. What are you seeing and what are you hearing as these fires have ripped through Lahaina and the island of Maui? Well, as I woke up Wednesday morning, um, like many of you, I was just absolutely shocked at the images coming across my screen. Uh, This community that we are deeply involved with, friends and family, that are there. Um, this entire local town was completely leveled by a wildfire that came down from the hills. In the middle of the night, people had to evacuate their homes, leaving behind their possessions, everything, just the, the clothes on their back and their families. Um, we know now that there's been 36 at this time that are estimated to be uh, dead and many more missing. Uh, people in our church, I know of over 10 families personally that have lost their homes. Many more have lost their businesses. And people are just reeling over there. I mean, it's it's been devastating, to be sure. How has your church and how have other churches been able to help? Well, Harvest Kumalani is 10 miles outside of Lahaina. It's about yeah 10 miles outside of the affected area. And so thankfully, it was untouched. Um, but the majority of our congregation uh, works and lives in Lahaina. So much of our church was affected by this. And so right now, there's not a lot they can do because there's still no electrical 
there's yeah there's no power there's no um water lines there's no internet and so getting uh answers from them about what's going on has been tricky but we have heard a little bit back and they're just helping people sift through ashes go through and just mourn with people there's not a whole lot they can do we know that um uh, Samaritan's Purse has dispatched a team to go and help. We know the Red Cross is on the ground currently, as well as FEMA. Uh, the president has released uh, some emergency funds. And so that's great. Um, their in- immediate needs are met with food, water, and shelter for the most part. But it's going to be a long time before they even come close to rebuilding their homes and communities. Do you mind leading us in prayer for the island right now? Yeah, yeah, that'd be my pleasure. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We are so thankful that you are in control of everything. This did not catch you by surprise. But Lord, our hearts are grieved. But Jesus, you tell us um, that in this world we will have tribulation, but to take heart because you have overcome the world. And so we are holding on to that promise. We are putting our faith in you, that you will meet the needs of the people there uh, in Lahaina and on the west side of Maui. Lord, we're praying for protection and provision that you would meet the needs of the people, Lord, that you would prepare divine appointments for the ministers of the gospel, the pastors at Kumalani and those in the community of different churches, that you would help meet those people that have the needs to the ministers. And Lord, it would just be um, an opportunity to give them hope. Lord, we're committing all of this to you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jonathan Laurie with Harvest Kumalani Chapel in Maui. Thanks for joining me on the program. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Charles, for having me. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm looking forward to sharing a story of hope in just a moment. And then after the program, for your support of our ministry, I'd like to send you a copy of the book that my wife Janet and I wrote when our older son died called Saving a Life, How We Found Courage When Death Rescued Our Son. If you or someone you know is trying to get free from addiction, or you're walking through addiction with someone you love, this book will show you the only ultimate answer to addiction is intervention by God's Holy Spirit. Sounds too easy, and yet it's true. It's possible. You can read more about the book when you visit haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And while you're there, check out our Great Stories podcast, where Janet and I share more about the loss of our son and how the Lord saw us through our grief. You can also call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And a quick reminder, we still have Then Sings My Soul, a devotional sharing the backstories of 150 great hymns of the Christian faith. And so many have asked for multiple copies to give away to family and friends. Ask about that when you contact us today. Now let's hear a song based on one of the hymns from Then Sings My Soul, Matt Redley, and his version of It Is Well With My Soul. Our scars are a sign of grace in our lives. Our Father, how you brought us through. When deep were the wounds and dark was the night, Promise of your love, you prove. Now every battle still to come. Let this be our song. It is well with my soul. It is well. 
chorus is based on the hymn written by Horatio Spafford in the 1800s, shortly after four of his daughters died when their ship sank. And even though it was a dark time of grief for him, that hymn sings about trusting the Lord despite our circumstances. And so does this modern version that was written by Matt Redman here on This Haven Today. Well, if you've been listening to the program this week, you know we've been talking about saving a life in light of the 20th anniversary this month of our older son's death due to a drug overdose. And as we close out this week, I wanted you to hear another Saving a Life story. But this time, it's going to be told by my friend, Louis Eckstein. He lives in Dallas now. He's originally from South Africa. Louis, thank you for joining me on the program today. Hi, Charles. Thanks. Well, I want us to talk about your son, who I first met when he was a toddler, maybe like 20 years ago, when we first became friends. Tell us what happened this year in your life that totally changed the life of Jake and the lives of your family. You know, as you know, Lee and I have uh, four kids uh, close together, Jake, Kathy, Emma, and Elise. Uh, The oldest three are are off in college out of state, and the youngest, uh, Elise, uh, just graduated uh, high school here in in Dallas in May, and... uh, it was for her graduation weekend. We were fortunate enough to have the whole family together for the first time in a long time. Um, and as your, as your audience, uh, parents and families listening would, would know, those times when everyone is together become fewer and, and really special as the kids grow old. And, and we had the best time that weekend celebrating her graduation. But just being together uh, and, and what is a milestone of the kids all being done with high school. Well, Louis, as a father of two older children and a grandfather many times over, I can just picture this gathering that your family had. I'm even smiling, thinking about the joy we've experienced when family gathers. But your smiles and your joy changed on that day this summer. So please continue sharing about what happened. 
Um, well, it was that afternoon we were we were sitting together outside uh, in our yard, you know, in a circle, everyone together, laughing, telling stories. Um, Lee, uh, my wife, was was telling a story, and I suddenly I noticed Jake um, just started pulling a face and, and contorting, mm. and I thought he was reacting to the story that his mom next to him was telling, and then suddenly he convulsed and and fell head first. Mm-hmm. Uh, onto the cement in front of us and, and blood just gushing everywhere mm-hmm. and he's completely unresponsive so so we went in a, in a matter of moments Lee and I found ourselves on our knees administering CPR to our son Jake the the kids are, are off uh, calling 911 and they're praying and, and Jake is not responding uh, we're, we, we, you know, we're trying to keep his mouth open Get, get air into his lungs, get his blood flowing, and his body is, is just limp. Mm. At, the, at that time, his head started turning blue, and um, there was just, there was just nothing, that, nothing that we could do. He quit breathing, didn't he, Louis? Yeah. We, he, there was, his, there was no, no life in his body, no, no breath that was coming out of his mouth. Um, it was, uh, you know, we were in a, in a state of panic. And and it's at that moment that you know my my prayer prayers kicked into a whole different gear. Um, yeah, I went from from just praying out loud to to screaming at the at the top of my lungs. I, I was I was praying in the spirit, but with the understanding that the the God of heaven, who created this life, would would come and restore Jake's life. That the one who resurrected Jesus from the grave would, would come and intervene in our midst. Mm-hmm. And, and the, this went on for minutes, um, probably longer than five minutes at that time, because um, we, we, you know, we know the, the kids were talking to the 911 operator. And, and all I can tell you is what I know and what I saw. I felt the manifest presence of God surround us as if we were in a cocoon. It was nothing outside mattered. And we had Jake's body in front of us. And all of a sudden, life entered his body again. His complexion changed. The, the blue in his face disappeared as if you're wiping a screen away. It, it, uh, it, life just came back and he gave a huge, big breath mm-hmm. on his own to fill mm-hmm. his lungs. It was, it was amazing. It took a couple of more minutes before the EMTs arrived, and they're they're great at uh, what they did. Um, you know, he'd already started regaining some consciousness, and they did a great job checking him out. Um, interestingly, they they noticed that Jake was responding more to his mother's voice, hmm. and so they uh, they had uh, uh, her ride with him in the hospital, in the ambulance to the hospital, hmm. and uh, that's where they you know they ran a bunch of tests. And uh, amazingly, they all came back negative. Um, you know, he, he, otherwise he is fine. You know what you would expect from a from a twenty four year old young man. Oh Lord, my heart goes out to you and your family, and your son Jake. What a trial! But how precious that the Lord spared his life. Do you have any idea what caused this seizure? So the diagnosis is that he, you know, he suffered what is called a grand mal seizure. 
um, and we've rapidly been learning about this, mm -hmm. um, in, in what is called adult onset epilepsy. And it's, uh, the, this, this case here is, is rare. It, most seizures are not this intense or, or physical. Most don't last longer than a few minutes. And, and many don't start in, in adulthood. So we're probably talking somewhere in the 1% to 3% range of epilepsy experiences that we've been through. And no, nothing in your family, no history at all. That's right. And I think we should talk about how this upended your life with this diagnosis. It upended Jake's life, but your lives as well as a family. That's right. You know, when I, I, I mentioned you know being together for a family milestone, but this was really a, a different kind of marker for our family, uh, you know, one that we, we didn't expect. But um, you know, when I think about when I think about God's goodness, it is it's significant that this happened when we were all together as a family. Uh, this is not something that happened far away or with someone else. You know, no, this happened in our in our midst, in our family circle, and it's a uh, it's real, and that's I think the point is that that it's real, and God loves our son Jake so much that He made sure that he was in the best place that he could be with with people that love him the most and are able mm. to take care and support him on this journey mm. forward through this through this challenge of adult seizures. We're talking with my friend Louis Eckstein about the great trial that his son experienced just a couple of months ago. Louis, I wonder if you would share with us how the Lord has ministered to you and maybe your family during this time. That night when I was asking the Lord about about this, um, I wanted to just share what, uh, what, what he led me to. And that's in Psalm 118, in verse 5, it says, I called on the Lord in my distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Hmm. And it's, you know, in, one, in that one verse, you have that idea of distress and immediate comfort, which is just like the Lord. He does answer our calls. And we called out to the Lord in our distress, and God answered and is answering those prayers in ways we did not expect. Hmm. And then in verse 17, this is the verse for Jake, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. You know, Jake's life could easily have ended that day when I think about it. But God has got a wonderful plan and purpose for his life. And, and we're excited to walk with him on this journey. Mm. All of a sudden, your family has changed. What are you doing now? What's happening with Jake now? Yeah, Charles, so you know, fast forward a few weeks, um, we've uh, formulated a plan of, uh, to support Jake. You know, Lee is, uh, she's just incredible at doing research and has found one of the best ways to detect and help someone having seizures is a special, uh, especially trained service dog. This mm -hmm. dog becomes a companion for him and with the role uh, of helping him before and during uh, a seizure. But there isn't really a single answer to this challenge that we've found. It's really mm. a mix of, you know, between medications, neurologists, therapy, uh, environment, and a, and a service animal, 
and a larger support network. Mm. So we've done a number of things. We've, uh, we've started a GoFundMe for him called Jake's Journey, mm-hmm. and the response has really been overwhelming. Uh, we found a, and placed a, a golden retriever named, uh, that he's called Django, which mm-hmm. is a, a whole other miracle in and of itself to, to get mm-hmm. one so quickly. Uh, and Jake is uh, training uh, the dog with, uh, with an expert. So we're very encouraged about the path that the Lord has us on and the progress that he's making. And in all of this, um, do you feel like with your kids, with Jake especially at 24, with you and Lee together, have you had this sense of bonding in Christ maybe as a family that you didn't have before? Charles, definitely. We've been, uh, it has brought us closer. We have, um, it obviously gives us something to talk about and rally around. But um, we in, we were uh, able to spend some time together in uh, Los Angeles uh, recently to, uh, you know, place the service animal together and, uh, you know, pray for one another and, uh, you know, just be more sensitive to each other. Um, I think we've all realized how fragile life can be and that uh, we need to make the most of the moments that we have together. Mm, Absolutely. Wow. Louis Eckstein, I'm so thankful the Lord spared Jake's life and that he's been ministering to you and your family over the last couple of months. Would you mind praying for all of us to trust in the Lord even when we're facing challenging times? Lord, we thank you that you are the Lord of life. We thank you that you are the one who has the power over death, and you've proved it by raising your son Jesus from the dead. We know that you are good, and you have got good plans for us, despite the circumstances and events we go through. We are reminded how fragile life is, and it's not something that we should take for granted. We need to make the moments in our lives count. And so, Lord, I I pray for those that are listening, that your Holy Spirit would minister to them, minister life and health to their mortal bodies, infuse their minds with the knowledge of your love, and that we may be instruments in your hands of the resurrection power of Jesus, that is the name above every name, and in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Louis Eckstein, coming from Dallas, um, thank you so much for sharing this story with us about how the Lord uh, intervened in your lives this summer. Thanks, Charles. Thanks so much for having me. A special thanks to Louis Eckstein for sharing what's happened with his son and with his family this summer here on A Haven Today. After our son died 20 years ago, Janet and I began to process what happened and all that we had gone through. And we knew we just had to share with others how our great God, the God of all compassion, drew near to us in the worst of times But we didn't want to just write a book full of cliches and false hopes. We wanted to show how Jesus is always near when we're hurting. And that's how our book, Saving a Life, began to take shape. And the subtitle says it all, How We Found Courage When Death Rescued Our Son. Courage is the theme. And as you read this book, you'll see that we didn't always have courage to deal with our son's addictions. But it's an honest look into the raw and the ugly pain that addiction brings from a Christian perspective. And as you read it, 
you'll see how the Lord led us and drew us near to him in very real ways that only the Spirit could orchestrate. It's our desire and prayer that both addicts and the family and friends of addicts would find their courage and strength to stand up against addiction through the power of Jesus. His grace is for people struggling with addiction as well as the ones who are praying for them. So you can read more about the book and make your gift when you visit haventoday.org, haventoday.org. You can also call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And just as we have to go, we still have Robert Morgan's Then Sings My Soul for your gift to the ministry, a special devotional book sharing the backstories of 150 hymns that includes the sheet music and lyrics. I know you and those around you will enjoy it, so get a copy for you, maybe get some copies to share. We've even had Bible study groups ask for 20 copies this week. Ask about that when you call us at 800-65-HAVEN or come to our website, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me as we continue to pray for Maui. Would you come back again next time when again together we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. A common fear among Christians that I've met is the fear of losing one's salvation. What if I wander too far from the Lord? What if I end up at the heavenly gates and hear the fateful words depart from me? It's a fearful thought, but it isn't one that Christians should be too worried about. Why? Peter assures us that when we are born again, we're born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Imperishable. That's the seed that caused our rebirth. It cannot die no matter how dark it gets. Christ is there with us and will make sure we make it to the end in Christ alone. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.